All right, fellas, ladies and gentlemen, we're back. Another Behind the Birds podcast. I think this is really our first podcast since the Eagles started interviewing candidates. Our last, one was, our last one was when Doug Peterson got fired. That was our last one. Yes. Okay, yes. So this is the first one. And it's me, Jay, and Nader today. No Donovan with us, but hey, miss you, Donovan. Come back soon. All right. So before we start diving into everything, I'm going to run through Every single coach the Eagles have been linked to, whether it's been refuted, whether it's not been refuted, who they've interviewed, who they're interested in, all that good stuff. All right, right. Here's who they've interviewed or plan to interview tomorrow. Is so tomorrow they plan to interview Dennis Allen, the Saints defensive coordinator, but they have interviewed Robert Sala, who's now the Jets head coach, Arthur Smith, who's now the Falcons head coach, Josh McDaniels, Kellen Moore, Nick Sirianni, Todd Bowles, Gerard Mayo. Deuce Daly and Joe Brady. They have been requested, they have requested an interview or had an interview planned before they got hired with Brandon Staley, who's now the Chargers head coach, and they have a request in for Eric Bieniemy. They've also had reported interest in Lincoln Riley, Brian Dabble, John Fassel, and Mike Kafka. Although we have heard that Mike Kafka is no longer being considered for the job. Where do we start here, Jay? Tell me where I'm starting. How about we start with the not a chance in hell candidates. Yeah. Um, All right, Nader, let's hear your thoughts. Okay, so that, that's obviously a long list. Um, we can just run through this. Like, Mike Kafka, not going to happen. Yeah. Mike Kafka, that's yeah, also let's the report interest. They right. Never, I think, I think Jay's right. The guys, that, the guys that there's just no chance they're, they're going to they're gonna go for, you know, obviously Salah, Arthur Smith are gone. So is Brandon, Brandon Staley, Staley gone. Mike Kafka is no longer in consideration. Gerard I Mayo, I don't think was ever really a consideration for the See, head here's coaching a, here's, spot. Here's a quick, yeah, a quick thing. Some of these players they've interviewed could be for coordinator jobs. Yep. Like Gerard Mayo, who's a linebacker coach, so he could easily make the leap to defensive coordinator. And then even, even Nick Sirianni today. Sirianni, yeah. if he's getting because play he's not rights, a play, yes. yeah, because he's yeah. not a play caller in Indy, he can make a lateral move yes. that cannot be yes, blocked. Yes. 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 So oh, yeah. and, and and I think I can I'll also lump Kellen Moore into that mix. I don't think the Eagles are seriously considering him. That is no. the right move. You hire your divisional rivals' best coordinator. They also have yeah. interest in the special teams guy. I forget his name. What was it? Vassal? Vassal? Vassal. Vassal. I, honestly, yeah. Yeah. So these are, just, these are just these are just these are just right. Guy. If the Eagles had done this process correctly, they would have interviewed these guys a week ago. Now it sort of feels like they're no. just spinning their wheels and trying. I, to I think. I think right now, if the Eagles were to fire, if the Eagles fired Doug on time during Black Monday, you're right now. You're sitting with Robert Salah, Arthur Smith. As I don't Eagles. think Salah, Salah wanted the Lions job. I think it would have been Brandon. It could have been Brandon Staley. Staley. I don't Brandon know. Staley, I don't yeah. honestly. I don't know if the outcome would have been all that different because they are they are sort of the franchise over the last couple cycles that has been slow to pull the trigger on the popular names and that goes for you know they missed out on adam gase they were sort Gus of bradley and they were yeah, they're ready to give mcmcadoo the job but they didn't move fast enough and then Gus bradley basically Jay's had right. the job until yeah, chip gus, kelly said i want it they were sort of in a holding <laughs> pattern on gus bradley in 2013 so i i don't know if the process would have changed but the difference is it is the right thing to interview as many guys as possible just because you get to talk to these people who are smart minds in the league for multiple hours and see what they think about your staff. Right? So, it's, it's not a bad thing that it's just right. dragging out. Yeah. Because you won't talk to them. You can, use that, info. You can yeah. use that info. You can use that And I think, forever. you know, I think Kellen Moore and Joe Brady are great examples. Obviously, Joe Brady was like sort of a hotter name on the market this year. But, but he's, those he's are two guys the... who are two of the top young offensive minds in the league. Yeah. And you want to hear what they have to say about 
Jalen Hurts, about Carson Wentz, about the about Eagles offense, offense last year, about everything. Right? You so, also want to know. You also yeah. want to know what coaches they think are good coaches, right? Exactly. Because you can put them on your short list when and, you eventually you're going to need more coaches. Yeah. You, you can look to those guys who got and, good recommendations. And and famously in in 19, I think it was 99 when they hired Andy. Famously, uh, Lurie went around asking people who they thought should be head coaches and and reed was on that list that people had given him he didn't go out and say i know andy reed i i trust andy reed right he had gotten reed's name reed came into the interview with a five inch thick book about what he would do with the franchise and got the job obviously one of the best head coaches in nfl history mike so, tomlin mike that's tomlin, the eagles coach in history probably mike yeah, tomlin easily. was a recommendation mike tomlin got a recommendation pittsburgh had no interest in tomlin at all right. exactly but yeah then yeah. someone exactly. said hey mike tomlin's someone i think you should interview they interviewed him he absolutely blowed him away and look where he is now he's one right. of the best he's the so, best african-american head, head coach of all time he's one of the best head coaches of all yeah, time it's been amazing right so so i definitely don't disagree with the process of interviewing a whole lot of people um i think the fact that it's happening in this late stage is sort of weird and it's taking a really long time why are why did they I, why did they talk to these people last week why let's are see, we let's see what like since they jumped a lot in, of these late, coaches are also in the playoffs. If they over. jumped in late, you didn't. You had to go to Sala and Smith now. If you even yeah, to those had right. to be the first two. But guys. you would have so, done. You would have done Sierrini and Kellen Moore weeks ago, and then done Sala. Right. But you right. And 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 Moore is an interesting one because we had heard the week, week ago, and I think there may have been some hesitancy at the Cowboys end to approve it, or at least some pushback to try to make sure it didn't happen. Well, I but, think Kellen Moore is going to be a college head coach one day. That's my guess. So, I mean, I don't know. Let's keep going down the list. So we, we had, we had, uh, I don't think Dennis Allen is a legitimate nah, candidate. Yeah, no. He'll talk tomorrow. No. We'll like see. 10, he was 10 years ago, but not anymore. Right. I will see no. if the interview goes well tomorrow. If we hear anything, Most likely maybe. will. Maybe, they've, said but, every, right. they've said every interview's they gone well. They have said everything's gone well. So I don't think Dennis Allen's a real candidate. I don't think uh, Joe Brady, I probably, we think has fallen off. Given that the league, we, we know for certain that the league thinks he's too young to have a head coaching job right now. See, wait, I just want to say something on Joe Brady. So, like, people, Joe Brady was a really popular name, right? Like, Huge it's like, name. oh, we want Joe Brady, but not everybody is Sean McVay. Like, because people are you, every, every team's two, trying to find In 2009, the next one. Sean McVay was Josh Daniels, and he was a horrible there. Zach Taylor is horrible. Dennis Allen was the defensive Sean McVay in Oakland, and he was terrible. So that's why I think people are more weary on these 31-year-old coaches to give them that much power. You want to see them grow more? Like, Brady is going to be a head coach. Kellen Moore is going to be a head coach. Gerard Mayo is going to be a head coach, but one, two, three years coaching at 33 years old. I think you then, if you're an owner, you worry that they can't handle it because – one of the stories with McDaniels, and we're we'll, going to talk about him so much, is when he was young, he did not understand how to get his team out of losing situations. That he didn't know how to, he didn't know how to rally the troops, because when you're winning, everything's great. But when you're losing, they look to you. And he, at 32, he had absolutely no clue. So you wonder what could Joe Brady do? Because this team's going to be bad. Can Joe Brady keep morale high for a rebuilding bad team? Like I don't know. But that's just a side note. But we'll continue down the list of coaches. Do you want to talk so about many coaches, man? So you want to talk oh, okay. about Eric Bien- Eric Bieniemy and Wait, Brian? Yeah, yeah. I don't think that's happening either. Well, okay. So Bieniemy is a, an interesting case. They requested it. There's a new rule that if the team is in the playoffs, you can do a Zoom interview with permission from the owner of the team that you're interviewing for, and I think the league. Yeah. So either the Eagles didn't make a push to interview Bieniemy on Zoom, or the Chiefs organization 
and or Eric Bieniemy said no. Right. Didn't so we, also we, know, we know that Bieniemy's scheduled yet. Right. I mean, we know Bieniemy's agency thought that the Eagles yeah. had already made the decision on McDaniel's, and so that maybe maybe he's not even interested in the job. I think there could be some residual sort of you you fired Doug Peterson after he three years after he won a Super Bowl. Maybe you treated him unfairly. Maybe Doug called Andy and told him about his experiences. Maybe Andy's a little well, upset Andy with the organization. Andy said he'd rather uh, Eric Bieniemy go to Philly than Houston. No, NFC. He just said the NFC. He said, uh, I'd, I'd rather see Bieniemy in the NFC. Yeah, I, I don't think he was thinking about Philly and, specifically. I think he was well, thinking... I mean, he was the only team available when he... Interviewed. Right, but I think generally speaking, he was I saying, think he just wants him know, to be a head coach right. and not coach against him. I think that's right. what he meant. Maybe. Exactly, yeah. I mean, I don't know. I, I, I think we haven't heard anything definitively that it's been blocked. If the Chiefs lose this weekend... Then we will know for certain. I mean, assuming the Eagles don't have a coach by then, we'll know for certain whether or not they actually want to talk to him. I don't think the enemy is a real candidate right now, partially because the agency seems sort of sour. The team, I, I always thought from the beginning, if this had been sort of a normal process, that they had would not have interest in the enemy or Kafka, which wasn't even on the radar at the beginning, because they had just gone the Andy Reid tree route. They literally, their last coach was a former Eagles quarterback who was the offensive coordinator in Kansas City with limited play calling responsibilities. Are we going to do that people, again? Right. And the Mike, two people, yeah. yeah, the two people who fit that mold were Mike Kafka to a T and Eric Bieniemy a little less so because he's had more experience in the league than Peterson did. And and I, at least the way I read it is he has more influence in the offense than Peterson did. People disagree with me, but whatever. Um, I, I, I remember I, Peterson used to cover two mi- side story. Remember Doug Peterson's last game? He handled the two-minute drill, yeah, Chiefs, and it was horrible. And they asked him all day in his intro press conference yeah. about that, and yeah. he was just like, "Why are you asking me?" Right. I remember. I remember being Philly media, and I yeah, was they, like, they grilled him on that. I was like, "Really? This is the question we're asking him?" So yeah, so I don't think the enemy is a legitimate candidate either, and that leaves us with and I Max, double check my notes here. That leaves us with Todd Bowles, yep. Josh McDaniels, yep, Nick Sirianni, yep, Deuce Staley, yep. Okay, so and I think well, we, they also yeah. have reported interest in Brian Dabble, but we've heard mixed reports that Dabble. Okay, is yeah, thanks, thanks so for bringing that, that so up. So Brian yeah. Dable, Brian Dable, it to me it sounds like he was turned away by the Chargers. The Chargers, I agree. With that. I don't I think, think he, yeah. I don't think he said no to them. I'm going to stay in Buffalo. Yep. I think they. Well, said, he's going to be saying, right. Assuming Buffalo has another good year next year, Brian Dabble is going to be the top head coach. He's going to be Robert Sala next year. He's going. Every team is going to want him in for an interview. I think there's skepticism. I think the hype around Brian Dable was media fan pushed, less league pushed. I think people are not concerned, but curious how much of a role he played in Josh Allen because Allen has attributed. Yeah, but he also runs that Bills offense. Right. And so I think that's what he also has two failures at at two previous failures as offensive coordinator. But my read on it, yeah, my read on it is I think the league sort of knew that he needs more time. He needs more time. Either he needs more time or that he's, he's, Extremely comfortable but staying in Buffalo. If, the, if you have a good young quarterback for him, he, I think he'll be fine with it. If Allen's yeah. good again, he's gonna get a he's gonna get a job. I mean, he's gonna oh, yeah, get he's a job. Gonna, he's definitely Brady, getting a you're job. probably gonna be the top two guys next year. For so he can wait. He's right. fine waiting because and he likes his job in in Buffalo because it's very similar to the influence Jim Schwartz had over. He the runs the offense. Yeah, he's the head coach of the so, offense. Yeah. yeah. So so we don't think that Dable is an is a candidate in Philly. There was a report that he's not interested in the Eagles' job, which I'm not surprised. And people on Instagram were shocked oh how dare he whatever i mean there's no reason for him to be interested in this job i don't he think is he's a great interested gig. in any of those jobs right i mean he's because got a great i gig think he was in... interested in the chargers but then i think they Buffalo... actually jay said turned him away 
Buffalo probably won't win the Super Bowl this year. I, I don't know if that's a hot take to people, but I mean they're probably going to lose this weekend in Kansas City. They could and, win and, next and, year. And, you know, and if they if, yeah, if and next Mahomes, year it all right? depends on Mahomes. It all and then and then they get to the Super Bowl. Maybe you know maybe Josh Allen plays better than Aaron Rodgers. But right now you know this without the bye, you're not a prime. Whatever. Now we're off on a tangent. The point is, they could have they have a legitimate shot at the Super Bowl this year, next year. You know that's their window right now. Dabble is in no rush to get a head coaching job, given how much influence he has on the offense. Sean McDermott, obviously the head coach, is a defensive coach. So I don't think he's in any rush. Once L.A. said, thanks, no thanks, I think he was sort of like, all right, forget it. The two openings left aren't great openings. I'm in no rush to leave. There was a report that the Eagles are interested in in interviewing him. And if he loses this weekend, we'll do that interview. But that's sort of weird to me. We've only seen it in one place. And part of, I mean, we'll get into this, part of what, we've been talking about behind the scenes just an inside baseball is the the four of us how weird it is that we have a sort of a a lack of quality reporting on the eagles situation it's been a lot of rumors all the same things yeah it's been a lot of rumors you know eagles kind of like this guy they like his staff he's a real candidate maybe yeah let's get into that let's get into all guy and and ultimately the the only guy that we know for certain is a front runner right now is josh mcdaniels and to a lesser extent deuce daly because every year that the eagles have an opening they mention deuce daly as sort of a courtesy which is terrible but you know the only guys that we know for certain they are definitely going to be considering um and we know they were they were impressed by salah we know they were sort of impressed by by uh by Arthur, Arthur arthur smith we know they had legitimate interest in brandon staley and we know that they're very close to hiring Josh McDaniels and definitely still interested in Deuce Daly. I wouldn't say they're very close to hiring him. So, uh, yeah, so let's get into this. So how about, so we'll do, so we'll say, we'll say Todd Bowles. They like Todd Bowles, internal support. They respect him. He was here. I don't think Todd Bowles is going to get this job. I don't think he is. And I also, I would put, I would put it, I would put a 2% chance Todd Bowles gets this job. I feel like he's just a worse version in their eyes, of Deuce Staley. It's a familiar face, somebody who's been in the organization. Todd Bowles, Todd Bowles right now, betting-wise, with the odds with Vegas, is the second runner-up right now. Obviously, yeah, it's McDaniels, I mean, number one, at minus 470, and Todd Bowles is the second. Vegas odds, yeah, Kellen Moore was the Vegas odds for like two days. Yeah, the Vegas so, has no idea. This is just I'm just saying. Nick Ciarini, Vegas knows. Nick Ciarini, Mike K called him a legitimate contender because the Eagles like his staff. If the Eagles are yeah, going down about four candidates, if the Eagles are going down the Doug Peterson, Frank Reich mold route, it's going to be Deuce Daly. Like I, yeah, it's I, they, yeah, could I like, don't think Sirianni's a legitimate candidate for the head coach. How is he going to come in this late and be the yeah. top candidate? I right. don't see that. Exactly. I think, exactly. I think it's, yeah, he could, could he get the job? I'll give it like a 10% chance. I don't buy it. So then, I, I've got, I've got 2% on, on bowls and I'll say 5% on Sirianni. And then Howard Eskin today mentioned that players are lobbying for Deuce Staley and but in his article in the radio show he had he said it's basically going to come down to Josh McDaniels and Deuce Staley Harry Roseman is behind Josh McDaniels but Jeffrey Laurie needs yeah needs time I, so to see it we'll dig into this we've seen those reports they don't make a ton of sense to me you would wow, think Howie weird. would push against McDaniels right you would think it's the opposite Howie would want somebody that they could push over a little bit more and that would be you know, this is not this is not like a, a slight to Deuce, but but it would be Deuce. Would be Deuce. He has less clout. He would have less clout within the organization. He has more of a relationship with Howie Roseman. Players. He is not, as far as we know, he is not interested in personnel control. Meanwhile, McDaniel's 
at least in his first stop in Denver, had full control over personnel, has didn't take the Tennessee. I mean, we'll get we'll get into McDaniels in great detail, but didn't take the Tennessee job because there wasn't enough control for him. Indianapolis and, and general Indianapolis, sorry, and Cleveland and Cleveland and and so Cle- he missed out on Cleveland, and so ultimately he comes in with a lot more clout. You know, six Super Bowls, Bill Belichick's offensive coordinator, worked with Tom Brady, he comes in with a lot more clout than Deuce Daly would, and you would think that that would inevitably lead to clashes with Howie, which is weird that that there are reports saying Roseman is in favor of McDaniel. So I, I, I suppose we'll get into this right now. I don't know what you guys make of that. If it's true, I think Roseman, I think this is, you know, we alluded to this, I alluded to this on my Instagram a couple of weeks ago, but I think there are two ways to read the Eagles situation right now. Either Howie Roseman has all of the control and is sort of manipulating Jeffrey Lurie into agreeing with him slash Jeffrey is blind to Howie's mistakes and Jeffrey views Howie like a son and the two of them are tied at the hip and Howie lets Jeffrey involved in personnel decisions. And so, you know, Howie's pulling the strings from behind the scenes and coordinating all this. That's one read. Read number two is that Jeffrey Lurie after Chip Kelly. So when, when he gave Chip Kelly control of the team in 2015, Chip did a very poor job of including Jeffrey in decisions and made him feel very isolated. And I think their second read on this is that post Chip Kelly, when he brought Howie Roseman in and hired Doug Peters in as a non-threatening presence in the in the organization, somebody that they weren't really worried about and didn't really trust to begin with, I think Jeffrey started taking more control over personnel over the over the organization. There's a report from Jeff McLean that he was the one that pushed for JJ Ortega Whiteside, and his approval was all over the Jalen Hurts pick. The the second read on this could be that Jeffrey has more power in the organization that he's ever had. He's too involved in football decisions. And Howie Roseman is recognizing this and realizing that they need a second mind to push back on Jeffrey and create more of a power dynamic where it's not Jeffrey forcing Howie's hand at a lot of different places and it's somebody else in the room with a strong presence. So if you believe the report, that's sort of the story that you have to believe. I think it's certainly in the middle of somewhere there. Howie pulls a lot of strings without a doubt especially when it comes to personal decision-making. I don't think Jeffrey is as involved in decision-making as we think he is. I think it's sort of like how he makes him feel involved, but I definitely think Howie is potentially concerned about Jeffrey's influence in the organization. Potentially Jeffrey, you know, almost certainly Jeffrey has gotten too much power for his own good. And it might make sense for Howie to bring in somebody else that could push back against that. It is a gamble because inevitably that might lead to conflict between McDaniels and Roseman, but I don't know what to make of this, honestly. So I'm I'm curious what you guys think. So I think, I think, I think Jeffrey Lurie took over more personnel power on the foot in football operations because Chip Kelly took it all away from him, and he right. did not trust Doug Peterson at any point in time to make football decisions. Right. So, I think Howie Roseman sees that as you are kind of stepping over the line too much, and now you're stepping into the draft, and it's now making me look bad in a way because I have to take responsibility for players you wanted because I'm the general manager. I make the final say, but of course he's the owner. He has all this power. Right. I think Howie Roseman, if that if that report is true, Howie Roseman probably sees it as, well, Jeffrey Lurie has a Patriots affinity. This right. is a fact. I mean, don't he was a Patriots fan growing he's up. He tried from, to buy he's the from Patriots. the New England area. He yeah. tried to buy the Patriots 30 some years, like 20 some years ago. Uh, Reuben hmm. Frank on a podcast. 95, with, 94. Yeah. Yeah. Reuben Frank on a podcast with Dave Zangaro said, you know, when he for whatever reason, I think it was a preseason game. Jeffrey Lurie and him were speaking. And Lori said he pointed at – it was definitely years ago because it was in Schaefer Stadium, the old Patriot Stadium. He pointed out where he sat. He has an affinity with New England, and I think he has 
kind of a jealousy of yeah. how much success they've had because he could that could have been him. Right, and don't forget. And he's obsessed with offensive football, and he's also been yeah. obsessed with what the Patriots have done offensively. And for the last decade plus, that's been led by Josh McDaniels. So I understand that if Laurie, I think Laurie likes him to some extent. I think he's weary of certain things, which we'll get into. But I think how if in this scenario, Howie Roseman is pushing for Josh McDaniels because he knows Laurie's affi- affinity with the New England Patriots and their offensive football, and he believes that Laurie would trust McDaniels in football operations more than he did Doug Peterson. So that means Howie and McDaniels could both handle what they're doing without having the owners step in and cause more dysfunction like it did with like it did with Doug Peterson. Because Doug and Howie seemed like they had an okay working relationship, but it seemed like the stress on it was when Howie had to work with Laurie to make Doug do things. And I don't think Howie wants to be that guy. So I think that's where that's leading. And I I guess we could talk about the issues that Lori could have with McDaniels. Yeah. I don't know. I don't think Denver is 10 years ago. I don't like what he's like the Jay Cutler thing. That's, I don't know how you came back from how he came back from that then, but that's 10 years ago. You have to, if he gets a job, you assume he's a different person. 32 years old. You're probably arrogant as hell. You think you're hot. Can't say it here. You think you're hot stuff. And you're running the personnel. You could do whatever you want. You did this in New England. But he probably came down. I think he's been knocked down a few pegs from you know, not getting jobs, even when he's been – and kind of the backlash of Indianapolis. But I think Laurie has more issue with Indianapolis than Denver. Right. And, and let me add just, just for context here, the story, of, the story of Josh McDaniels. He starts with the Patriots, offensive assistant, 31 years old. I think he was 33. Ten years ago, he gets hired by – the Broncos in Denver basically gets given the keys. Yeah. The keys to the entire organization at very young age, they start six and O and then from there it completely collapses. It, it, you know, we'll get into the details of what went wrong, but it completely collapses. He gets fired after a year and a half. He goes, spends a year as the Rams offensive coordinator, I think. And then eventually returns back to new England as the offensive coordinator and quarterbacks coach. He spent some time in New England three years ago in January 2018. The Colts announced publicly he would be their next head coach. They came to an agreement. He was all set to go. And then a couple of weeks later, around the time of the Super Bowl, I think shortly thereafter, he backs out of the Colts head coaching job, leaves them sort of without a coach. So the only guys left were they Frank Reich. And, and John so, DiFilippo. And John DiFilippo. <laughs> and actually, DiFilippo, DiFilippo was leaving at the time, too. He was going to go yeah. be the Vikings offense coordinator. So they interview Frank Reich. They're impressed. They hire Frank Reich, sort of because there's nothing else out there. And the whole league has a lot of residual, you know, a bad oh, taste in their mouth yeah. because of him backing out of the job. Bob Lamont ditches him as his yeah. agent. The following year, the following year, the Browns interview McDaniels. He comes second to Kevin Stansky in the sweepstakes. Doesn't get the job this year. You know, Only the Eagles are interested in McDaniels. I honestly didn't think about this, but he came second when John Dorsey is as GM. Oh, interesting. John Dorsey was the GM. Was of Dorsey the last yeah. year or, or a couple of years ago? A couple years ago. Last no. This is Kevin Stefanski. This I is thought, Kevin this is Kevin Stefanski's first year with Andrew Berry. Last year was John Dorsey and Freddie Kitchens. I thought right, okay. Yeah. That's, okay, Kitchens that's right. So Dorsey, so Dorsey yeah. so Dorsey maybe had interest in McDaniels as well. The, the last thing I'll note about McDaniels, it seemed obvious to everybody at the time when he backed out of the Colts job 
that he had gotten some assurances from Robert Kraft and the Patriots that he would be, be the replacement Bill for Bill Belichick. But look how that ship, but that ship right. is sinking. So you quickly. don't, you don't, you don't burn that kind of bridge without some sort of assurance that at least your organization will still value you. There have been reports now. No, nobody really knows what happened within that. You know what happened within that, like what happened between McDaniel's and the Colts to lead to him backing out of the job. But it seems like there was some, it was unclear who would handle some of the operations. A lot of day-to-day activities were Chris Ballard and him clashing heads. Yeah. I think the big thing with McDaniels coming to Philly, obviously we've talked about a little bit is he's getting power though. He's getting, yeah, he's getting player personnel power. And how I don't think, but I don't think, and how I think, I don't think Howie is this major control freak freak because he has given up power to Chip Kelly. Yeah, that went horrible. Not by choice. It's, it's, it's he was not, not hitting yeah, power. He got choice. pushed to do it. He got pushed. But he's not. It, this but is how he. This is the his search, last though. coach. This is his last coach. I don't believe that. So this I, is where it gets interesting on Howie's part. This I, I I can't tell what Howie's angle is here because there is one read it's on survival. This. It's survival. Right. So here's the deal. So so I think Jeff McLean's tweet from a couple of days ago is the best read on the situation, which is that. Josh McDaniels is sort of realizing that he is running out of options to be a head coach in the National Football League. Not a lot of organizations still value him. Once upon a time, he was the darling child of the league and no longer. And maybe Bill Belichick is staying in New England longer than he expected and he doesn't want to wait around. So he has to concede a little bit to get that head coaching job. Some of that means taking a worse job in Philadelphia than other places. And some of that might be taking less power than he wanted in other places. On the flip side, Howie Roseman wants a premier head coach in Philadelphia. Maybe they realized they couldn't get it when they got screwed over by McAdoo and Gase in 2016 and the Chip Kelly debacle went poorly and they couldn't lure Lincoln Riley out of Oklahoma, which it seems like they can't. And we didn't mention him earlier, but it seems like he's staying in Oklahoma. We haven't gotten any explicit assurance, but it really seems that way. So once they realize that maybe this is an attractive destination, they don't have a great situation with the quarterbacks. Maybe they truly are you know, a sort of tunnel vision on fixing Carson Wentz and they want an offensive guy. Who That's what it sounds the like. Quarterbacks. That's what it sounds like. So Howie Roseman has to concede some of his responsibilities to Josh McDaniels. And like Jay has said, he's brought in consultants before he's brought in, you know, Andrew Berry, Joe Douglas, who are both he's the most willing right now. Of anybody, John seems, Dorsey, he brought in. It's sort of because he's so safe in his job that he's willing to bring in other voices because he doesn't think he'll never challenge his, him. Yeah, they won't job. threaten him. But ultimately the fact that he's even considering McDaniels is a sign that something is, you know, he is willing to concede something by way of power within the organization. Yes, that so there's so, no escape good and fall guy. Right. So, uh, maybe. Next time. so, so maybe. okay, so, <clears throat> so McDaniel's draw to the Eagles is, A, he's worked with, obviously, Tom Brady. And by all accounts, especially Brady on uh, publicly has said a lot of things, nice, good things about Josh McDaniel's. One thing, yeah, one thing he for used Brady. To, he used to be an offensive guru. He used one to thing be. for One thing for McDaniel's and Brady is that, the offense in New England is not it's it's not Brady's because when you looked at Peyton Manning, that was Manning's. He took right. he took his offense to Denver. He's running the same thing. What Brady's running in Tampa Bay is a little bit of what Brady likes to do, and then it's Bruce Arians. This is Bruce Arians' offense. Could you gotta do what Tom Brady wants to do with even in even with Cam Newton, it was still very similar to what they've done, but they had to kind of accustom to Newton and his legs and kind of right. where he is as a thrower at this so, stage. So this is where I think I disagree with the two of you. McDaniels, once upon a time, was an offensive darling. He he was quote unquote offensive genius. Certainly, without a doubt, you cannot discount what New England has done. They revolutionized the slot position to tight end sets. They were on the forefront of that change. 
He's they done... live with running back catching right. the football. He, yeah, he he they did good work with the quarterbacks. But outside of Brady-led offenses, McDaniels had maybe one good year, especially by advanced metrics, and that was the year that I think the year that Brady got hurt. I don't. I, I'd have to go back to the notes, but really, he's only had one good year outside of Brady with a strong with the, offense, a top ten offense. Matt Castle, right? And outside yeah. of that, his his record without Brady has been poor, straight up poor. He had a, a pretty bad tenure in Denver outside of just, you know, all the other stuff that he had problems with. The offense wasn't that good. He traded Jay Cutler. I mean, uh, he, there is not a, a large enough track record for me to pull from and say, Hey, Josh McDaniels for all the baggage he's coming with is going to be a revolutionary offensive bind. There is something there. Here's where, I'm, here's where I'm at. And it's Josh a gamble McDaniels. you could make, but we'll get into the baggage coming later. There is so much baggage that I don't understand why the Eagles are hyper-focused on somebody like this, especially in a transition period, unless, like you say, they are so hyper-focused on fixing Carson Wentz and a guy like McDaniels, who was known as a hard-ass, who will get on his players, who yelled at Tom that, Brady. I, mean, that's, I think that's and, a huge reason they like McDaniels. Well, Car- yeah, we've Car- heard there's yeah, been he, reports. They did not that, see. Oh, let Max go. Thank you, up. Jay. I appreciate it. Donald's um, not here. I can't jump over him. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, there's been reports, obviously, throughout the past two weeks, coaching search right before Doug Peterson got hired, that Wentz has been uncoachable. You know, he's been killing plays at the line of scrimmage because he just despite, despises Doug Peterson and whatnot. And there's been reports that Josh McDaniels is a hard ass. He will get on his players. And I don't think, hypothetically, Josh McDaniels gets a job week one. Carson Wentz does his Carson Wentz thing, and he kills all these plays. Josh McDaniels isn't sitting there and letting him do that. Right. He's pulling his ass out of the game, and next thing you know, Jalen Hurts is starting quarterback next week one. And and we heard a lot that John DeFilippo and Frank Reich, their 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 success with Wentz came from coaching him hard. You know, we've heard that Press Taylor is too close to Carson Wentz, can't coach him hard. All these kind of things imply that Carson Wentz would benefit from hard coaching, and it's a fact that Josh McDaniels is one of the hardest coaches out there. So, you know, there is that. Jay, I'll, I'll let you jump back in. You know, we so, can definitely, yeah. So I got two points: one on Carson. This job is definitely you are you. If you say I can't work with him at all, you're not getting the job. That's flat. Right. If you no. say I will try and I have a plan, and I'm going to put this plan into use to try and fix him, you got a good shot. If your if that fails, he was already broken before you got here. It's not your fault. There's another quarterback behind him, and then you could try with a rookie if he sucks too. So. I think Josh McCann is going to be more willing to just take Wentz out after week three if he sucks. I, yeah, when you eva- I, if you evaluate Carson, I say do it in quarters. Four games, four games, four games, four games. Yeah. And, and if he just he's awful, if he's doing the same thing, if he's not listening to you, if he's killing plays, if he's not willing to take coaching, he's not going to last. I don't think he lasts three days with Josh McDaniels. Right. And, well, I, and I think Yance is still going to win a quarterback look, competition. And here's the thing. I'll concede this. If you want somebody to fix Carson Wentz, that is your only focus here. Josh McDaniels is one of the better names only because of the way that he will handle Carson Wentz and, and sort of force him to do things that are good for him that Wentz has been reluctant to do. You won't let Carson Wentz run all over. Right. Maybe that leads to, you know, just a relationship that can't work between Wentz and McDaniels. Maybe it doesn't even work from the first place because Wentz is done with the Eagles organization. I mean, who knows, right? But I'm saying in a vacuum, if you're asking me who are good coaches to fix Carson Wentz, that would be one of them. Now, obviously, this is not in a vacuum, and there's a lot of other things to consider. But if you want to give pros to McDaniels, that's one of them. A second one would be that, you know, even if we don't think he's a great offensive mind, there is a lot of evidence with Tom Brady. You know, that's a big caveat. But with Tom Brady, he's been an elite offensive creator. 
They are very flexible in their schemes. A lot of them has to. A lot of that has to do with Belichick. You that's have to an admit issue. That. That's an issue. I think that could pop up because an issue. Mike Grow had that same mindset of we should base our offensive game plan off the other team's scheme. We should scheme our game plan around beating that. Carson disagreed and thought we should scheme the game plan around our strengths and his strengths, and they clashed over that every every time. And Mike Grow was not a great coach. We all know that. But that's that idea of creating mismatches. Your game plan is based on who you play. Is Josh McDaniels is bread and butter. Carson Wentz is going to have to suck that up, that mindset he had with Grow, and say, "Well, you can't do that. We're doing this." And if you're against the game plan, Doug Peterson was a good cop. He's not going to tell Carson off. That was John D. Filippo. Right. And Carson and- Wentz is not going to survive if he does not buy into that system of, that Josh has. For what it's worth, I think Peterson had less influence with Wentz than we previously had thought, and it had a lot to do with the quarterback room and so and, and the offensive coordinator. And honestly, that's the way it should be. I don't think I need the head coach spending all this time with Carson Wentz. And this it, is honestly it should be some, not all right. not, not this whole is, day. And this is sort of why ultimately I come down on outside of everything, just the football sense. I don't love the hire because A, it relies on Carson Wentz wanting to be here, which we don't know. And two, being able to work with Josh McDaniels. And that's another thing we don't know. We know, I mean, Michael Kist on Bleeding Green Nation radio, you know, implied that Carson Wentz has quarter been an asshole. He's been coddled by the Eagles organization. He is a little, Chris Long said he's stubborn, right? That wasn't meant to as a slight. That was there's just, gonna be, you know. There's going to be some players who really, like, I absolutely. Can't, I think, I think, I think uh, Brandon Lee Gowton mentioned it. I can't remember who mentioned it. But there, if you... If Carson's walking back into that locker room, yep. some players are going to feel like you got the coach fired. And absolutely, Jay. And 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 to reference the Jeff McLean report that we never really talked in depth about on this podcast, but there was a big Jeff McLean report on the Acquirer about Carson Wentz's uncoachability and his clashing with the coaches and all that sort of stuff. In that article, he said that there was an offensive lineman during the season that went to Doug Peterson and said, we Jason should Peters. get Wentz out. I We definitely all think it's Jason Peters. Kelsey would never do that. And in fact, publicly, he came out and said that uh, it wasn't Carson Wentz's fault. Could and then Lane. Could have been Lane. nobody else. I mean, Lane was barely playing at that point. Like nobody else on the line had any sort of clout. So we think it's Peters, whatever. The point is somebody in that organization who was a starter on the offensive line thought that Wentz was making the line look bad because he was holding the ball too long wanted hurts in there you will get a lot of that especially from the young guys jalen rager travis fulgham greg ward another thing in that same article when carson when things go wrong carson tends to isolate himself yep by himself or with a close knit of players and you think about who's carson closest with that's zach Ertz and jason kelsey two players who will not be on this football team most likely yeah there is nowhere for him to hide he, and, and he's going to be the most – this is going to be a very different situation. They are not coddled. He's not going to be coddled by Josh McDaniels. He's going to have to step up and be like – be a leader and be the franchise quarterback. And, and players already might feel like you got the coach fired and like kind of look at you right. a little different way. Or you didn't take accountability all last year, and I, I feel this type of way about you right now. Like yeah. you're not, not everyone's going to like each other. Like one of the Eagles brawl guys, Johnny Page, a pretty trusted source he believes said some guys didn't like Malcolm his last year and Malcolm had beef with the quarterback boy people some player it's you're not gonna like everyone you play with but if a lot of people kind of put themselves in that position where they don't like the quarterback that's weird to me and and, and to Jay's point I mean I, I think there's two notes here one of them is that in that report 
Carson went to Doug, went to Howie Roseman and Jeffrey Lurie after he was benched and complained to them about it because for four years, I, five we've heard, years, we've heard that before. This they organization has coddled him, and there's the anecdote at the beginning of that report is that in Howie Roseman's office, there's a fat head of Carson Wentz, and it's like a fan of Carson Wentz, like a fanboy. And honestly, it's sort of like that. They've built the reputations over the last couple of years around Wentz. They stuck with Wentz over their Super Bowl MVP Nick Foles. It was the right decision, but you can't argue that they didn't do it. They did it. They and gave the Super him a, a ton of money they gave him a ton of money and at the first sign of any doubt they they draft Jalen Hurts he sort of falls apart they fired Doug Peterson who had beef with like Jay is right the locker room is not going to look favorably upon this and if Carson Wentz is not ready for that and I don't think he's going to take favorably to good coaching at this point because as you say the Eagles are sort of recognizing maybe they gave Carson Wentz too much power within the organization let's get somebody who can be hard on him well it's very difficult to put the ship back in the bottle after you've given him all this power. You can't come back and say, well, now you got to deal with McDaniels and he's not going to give you any power. He's going to say, well, then at that point, trade me. I'll restructure the contract. Get me out of here. So I, that's part of why I, I'm not sold on this hire at all. But I don't think, even if you're bringing him in to save Carson Wentz, I don't know if it's going to be successful. And to be honest, Wentz might not even want to be here. So at that point, you have to have him coaching other dudes in the locker room who have a history, players have a history of not taking well to McDaniel's coaching. And, and in a year where you had so much success with Doug Peterson as your head coach, winning a Super Bowl, players liking him, players playing hard for him. You know, in 2018, they had a, like a 4% chance to make the playoffs. The team never quit on Peterson. They got to the playoffs two years when they thought, everybody thought they were probably out of it. They kept playing hard till the end. They never really fell apart until this last year where things were going wrong with the quarterback. So, in a year where there was there was definitely things, I mean, Pearson won a Super Bowl. There's a lot of things he did successfully. One of those was being a good players coach. He should have been harder on his players a little bit. Maybe even you know, they got, honestly, really, they got really complacent after that Super Bowl. His his biggest problem was not being harder on his coaches, but but you know, he had a good relationship with his players. A lot of players were upset that he was fired. Zach Ertz had a nice tribute to him on inst on Instagram after he was fired. Even after Zach has been beefing publicly with the Eagles organization, especially Howie Roseman. So that stuff that Peterson did well, you should not move away from that. And now bring in a guy that everywhere he's been, players hated him. So I, well, so that's sort of what part of yeah. outside of just the baggage. That's sort of why I'm like, why are you doing this? If it's just to save Carson Wentz, then you're just quadrupling down on a decision that we all have already decided is, you know, we think I think the goose is cooked with Wentz in Philadelphia. I think it's done. not going to work here. So, it's going to be it's he's going to play six games, get benched again. That's what. But that's but even that is like a problem for the organization because you come in, you have this battle. The locker room is fractured. You're already starting with drama, and the, then I agree. The risk also is so given much him, greater. The risk yeah. is too much greater than the reward. I don't even yeah. think he wants to be here still. Yeah, we'll see, that's the next domino to fall. Right. Back to your point on like the culture of the Eagles is going to change and major cultural figures, Kelsey, Ertz, Graham, Cox, Wentz are on their way out in the next year or two. McDaniels is bringing in a new culture. When Andy got fired, Andy will say is the player's coach. I think everyone says that they brought in Chip Kelly, who's more of that disciplinarian, but he was a kind of a really control freak and did not form any relationships with his players. And that was Josh in Denver. They went to Doug, who was a yes man, who was probably just brought in to rebuild the culture, and they didn't expect him to ever win a Super Bowl. And now you're bringing in Josh McDaniels if you do. He fits more of that kind of like a hard ass. But one of the things a former Bronco player said a few years ago, after the Colts collapsed maybe, it was a few years ago, he said that, you know, the, issue, the one thing with Josh was that he was – he did not know how to form personal one-on-one -on -one relationships with his players. 
He could form good team bonds as a unit, but as a one-on-one thing, he was not there yet. And then you're saying, well, is he there yet? Does he have relationships with the players? And I think that's what, if Mike Florio is right and they're looking into things, making a lot of phone calls, that's probably what they're looking at. They're looking, hey, have how how is he with players? Is he is he more is he more toward Doug in that way and kind of comparing the two? Is he better with, you know, he, I think one story was that he berated his offensive, his whole coaching staff in the the locker room after a loss is, is that changed? Is he different? That's what they're vetting right now. And that's probably why Jeffrey Lurie is maybe he's close to being sold, but he has some concerns as a football guy. I assume he's ready to commit. The McDaniels, but as that personal side, like the emotional intelligence we always talk about with Doug Peterson, they're probably looking into that. And Deuce Staley has it. Does he have the offensive mind, the coaching mind? We'll see. Does Josh have the personnel, like the personability? That's probably what they're debating right now. Yeah. So I basically, the consensus here is Josh McDaniels is the favorite easily with what we've been told what's happening around the league. But the consensus also right now is that there's four real candidates, right? That's what I'm coming to. Maybe three. We got McDaniels three. and Sirianni. Yeah. I don't really buy the Sirianni stuff. Maybe Bulls it's two, two I think it's really two. Bulls I honestly right think like if you were to make a bet right now on Josh McDaniels plus Deuce Daly versus the field, I would place like, 95% of my money on McDaniels and Staley. I don't I, I don't really imagine a scenario in which we wake up on Friday morning and the Eagles announce, hey, our new head coach is Nick Sirianni. I, I don't at that yeah, point, what right at that point, I mean, I mean, Jay sort of touched on this. At that point, if you're not hiring somebody that you think is on the forefront of offensive innovation in the league, just hire Deuce Staley, who you know for certain has good relationships with the players and went, has, and has learned a lot. Interest- when did the Sirianni interest spark? Because we knew McDaniels was something they were interested in last Monday when they fired right. Doug. Is Sirianni's they they requested? Yeah, that would be an Friday, insane hire. It would be Friday. I mean, like I don't even mind Sirianni as a coach. I just the process the of this line, is so the time, broken. That's yeah. The process we're gonna the process is the results matter more than the process. But right now it's just yeah. it's how it's turning out. It's it's weird, and you just we just want it to yeah. be over so we can move on. Let me add some things about McDaniels before before Max kicks us off on Deuce. I'll just say that digging into the baggage a little bit, there's so many hoops, and I, Birds with Friends was talking about this yesterday, but there's so many hoops you have to jump through to convince yourself that McDaniels is ready for this job that you don't have to do with other coaches. McDaniels, there was a big expose a couple of years ago about McDaniels learning from his firing. You know, you like, generally speaking, you like head coaches that have maybe been fired before, have learned something from their experiences, have changed the way they're, they're going to, you know, approach the job. His tenure in Denver was an absolute disaster. Jay mentioned he was berating coaches in the locker room. He was players. He didn't like, he was trading them. He wasn't fostering relationships. He was sort of off on his own. That's probably to compensate for the fact that he had so much power at a young age. He had to flex it to prove that it wasn't above him. Um, But you know, at the end of the day, somebody who's not investing in relationships of any kind in their first stop, I don't know how much of that you can teach versus how much of that is just, you know, you have to be good at interacting with other human beings because that's part of the job. And so, you know, maybe it works with Tom Brady. Maybe it works in Bill Belichick where he knows there's a clear power structure there. But 
I don't, I'm not confident he's improved in that respect. So we'll see. That's number one. Number two is in Denver. Part of the reason he got fired was because at the very end of his tenure, they were, he was fined $50,000 for a scandal in which one of his assistants was filming a 49ers walkthrough practice and they didn't do a good enough job of like reporting it to the league or something. I honestly, I didn't look too much in the details, but Hey, if the headline is $50,000 fine for Josh McDaniels videotaping scandal, I mean, that's not exactly what you want to be, you know, that's not actually what you want to it was bring Dante, into the organization. It was Dante Skarnecki's son who did it. I, I just, so that's number two. Number three is the Indianapolis debacle was awful. I mean, it, it's just backing out of a job like that. I, even if there's a justification for it, it's just the wrong thing to do. I, you know, there's been so much, so many reports of him just not being a good guy to put people around him. You have to believe that all of that is in the past. Plus you have to believe that he will have a good offensive mind outside of Tom Brady. Plus you have to believe that Carson Wentz is willing to work with him and willing to stay here. Plus you have to believe that Carson Wentz willing to be here and work with him is not going to lead to problems within the locker room. And finally, you have to believe that McDaniels and Harry Roseman will blow up in three years. And honestly, if you want my honest opinion on this, the McDaniels hire is good for one reason. And it's because it probably will implode within the next couple of years. And we'll get Howard Roseman, at least something will go wrong with Howard Roseman. And at that point, I don't know how Jeffrey can look and say, Hey, all of these things, especially if Howie was pushing for him. I don't know how, yeah, I don't know. I don't know how Jeffrey can look at Maybe he does. And it doesn't even matter, but you know, my, my, honestly, my optimistic take on this is that in three years, when the team is ready to compete, McDaniels will have blown up by then and they'll have another coaching search and maybe they'll hire Gerard Mayo. I don't know, but I am really down on the hire of McDaniels. Maybe it works out. Like Jay said, maybe it works out. Maybe he brings a good staff with him and maybe he's learned a lot from his previous stops. That being said, also not finalized yet. Right. And so, yeah. So with that being said, Max, excellent transition. Go ahead and kick us off with Deuce. All right, Deuce. Everyone knows who Deuce Daly is. I don't think I really need to give a background check on that one. Um, But apparently today, Howard Eskin has been kind of reliable, I guess. All right. I would say he's reliable. He knows, guys. He's Howard, but he's there. Said that players have been texting Jeffrey Lurie to hire Deuce. So that's Deuce's big backer right now, the players, which I, it's a good backer to have if you had to pick one because you want to make the players happy. Yeah. Deuce Staley, Eagles running back for six or seven years. He was with the Steelers for a couple of years. Andy Reid brought him in in 2011 as the special teams quality control coach. Three, two years later when they hired Chip, Chip kept him. I think he was one of the few that Chip kept on his staff. Uh, he kept him as running backs coach when Chip was fired. Doug kept him on staff as running backs coach. He was one of four guys that they kept on staff. I believe it was Stoutland, Staley, Dave Phipps as special teams coordinator. And the last guy I think was Corey Unland. That sounds right to me. So one of four coaches that Doug kept on from Chip Kelly's staff um, two years ago after they fought, after Frank Reich leaves, they interview Staley for the offensive coordinator position. They make him the assistant head coach. He remains with the running back coach. He and Stoutland are the two run game coordinators in Philadelphia. So they're the ones, you know, making the decisions on who to throw out there, what kind of running plays to run. Generally successful given Miles Sanders' emergence this year. Deuce Staley, I think the consensus around him is that he would be an excellent players coach. You've seen guys all over the league, Malcolm Jenkins, Deshaun Jackson, Brandon Graham, you know, all sorts of guys who have interacted with Deuce, even for the last, you know, however long Deuce has been in Philly, everybody said they wanted to give Deuce Brian a Westbrook. shot. Yeah, Brian Westbrook. Everybody thinks Deuce would be a great leader of men. There is more ambivalence on whether or not Deuce is a leading innovator in the minds of NFL. I mean, obviously not around the league. Plan with right. 
So What's it right? So here's the thing. If you're hiring Josh McDaniels, you're saying we want our head coach to be Sean McVay. We want him to be working with the quarterback frequently on the edge of offensive innovation, you know, changing plays for the quarterback at the line of scrimmage, that sort of guy. If you're hiring Deuce Staley, you're saying we want our head coach to be like Doug Peterson, like uh, in, 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 sorry, in Pittsburgh with Mike Tomlin, who has never had a losing season, so a, a marker of success. I would probably throw... Would you throw Pete Carroll in that mix? Maybe. Maybe he's very involved in defensive play calling. Yeah, he's time. that's right. He's more of a defensive coach, but that's sort of mold where he's a leader. He's kind of he's kind of fits like the Josh McDaniels role where he was awful everywhere until USC and then yeah. Seattle. That's kind of right. That's right. Uh, Matt so, Rule. I think Matt Rule is a Graham Harrell. So so Deuce, if Deuce comes in, he will be the CEO type. He will you know be a leader of men, get guys motivated. He will not be the one. I, th- I think, at least, we don't know. And here's where Deuce gets interesting is we have no idea what his offensive ideas are. Only the Eagles do. Maybe he is secretly innovating and we haven't been able to see it. And look, the run game is pretty yeah, good. It's, it's pretty impressive. Horrible decision two times in a row. If Deuce right. Staley a mass, is a mastermind. Of and, and, and look, he's been good with the run game. I mean, it's sort of a, a lot of people give credit to Jeff Stalin, as they should. He's been excellent. In one of the, and, and it's, it's Everyone says it's both of them. It's both of them. It's both of them. They have been really good with the running game. Miles Sanders is, uh, you know, by the way, for as long as we can remember in Philadelphia, we've had good running backs, right? They had they they had Deuce, then they had Shady, and I know Deuce wasn't here for most of Shady's career, but he had two years with Shady. I mean, he he was in the building. He wasn't really coaching Shady. He was still Shady, in his prime but, when he left. Right. In 2013, Shady was still in his prime. Deuce was his coach. Then they traded Deuce, They traded uh, Shady. They bring in DeMarco, DeMarco Murray, Murray which Brian was a Matthews failure. A Brian Matthews had a good Brian year. Matthews had a good year. You know, Aaron the Eagles Sproul, have not Aaron had. the best portion of his career is with the Philly. The Eagles, I think, had pretty objectively had a pretty impressive run with running back by committee. Other over than the like years Josh that Adams. Been, since Shady point. McCoy. Yeah, Josh Adams, you know, you had Wendell Smallwood wasn't terrible. You had LeGarrette Blunt and Jay Ajayi were a Super Bowl winning running back tandem. Who would have thought of that? Jordan Howard had success here. I mean, Deuce has been an excellent running back coach, inarguable. He's been great. The question is, if you bring him as a CEO type, who is his staff? And like Max said, the Eagles have sort of been leaking that everybody has a good staff and they like all their interviews. It's sort of a slight to Doug Peterson. It's sort of a, you know, doth protest too much. They're telling us everybody is so great and everybody has the best staff as sort of maybe, maybe they're realizing that firing Doug Peterson sort of abruptly wasn't the best idea, but who knows? Staley has reportedly brought an excellent staff together for Lurie. They, if they trust him, the only concern you have with Deuce Staley is that a, maybe he's not a huge offensive innovator and B, if he does bring in an offensive innovator as offensive coordinator, it does that guy get poached in a couple of years and can do Staley build a system like Andy Reid does where one guy gets, you know, poached. We bring in another guy to fill his shoes. And honestly, Deuce is the guy I like of this group that we're really considering as the last sort of options. Deuce is the guy I like the most, especially because the organization is in the transition period. You don't want the team to fall apart when they're rebuilding, you want guys, you want a guy in the locker room, keeping it together. Deuce will add a ton of stability to literally the most dramatic organization in the league. Oh, you know, we talk about Houston. We talk about Houston. They're extremely, but like the Eagles literally every single year have something crazy and dramatic going on. This is a soap Deuce, opera. Yeah, it is. It is. Deuce like, wait, that's just, that's just think. That's just think. 2013, Chip Kelly comes from Oregon. Yep. 2014, is uh 2014 probably the calmest year they've had on oh, record they, they cut they cut to sean jackson 
Oh, that's right. They cut Deshaun 20- and, they, and they traded they traded Lashawn in twenty fifteen, and then the power struggle with with twenty fifteen power Howie. struggle. He gets all the, the McCoy traded all that. Then he gets fired. Twenty sixteen, Doug's first year, big trade up for a quarterback. Twenty seventeen, no real drama, but they played. Oh, a real- oh before the twenty seventeen season, there was the Jeff McLean article oh, alleging that Jim Schwartz Mike, hates and Doug Mike Lombard, and Mike Lombardo said he was the least qualified coach he's ever seen. That's right. Then they uh, win the Super Bowl and they come back the next year. And have a have a pretty okay and stable year until oh, the you, end of that, the season. That just, that, no, but but that just starts the Nick Foles versus Carson. Wentz. That's right. Then you have the Nick Foles and you Carson have the Wentz ACL debacle. Rehab. That's right. And you have it worse the next year. And now and then and the following plus, off season they forced Doug firing, to fire Mike Crow. Yeah. Then we're firing Mike. Then we're firing Mike Crow. And now then this one is Jalen Hurts. And now look it's, where we are. We've there's had consistent no, yeah. chaos, and they love it, and I love it too. But can we calm down at some right. point? Can we? And Josh McDaniels is going to add so much fire. Yeah. Like <laughs> I, 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 I probably like Josh McDaniels. I think a little bit more than Nader. Yeah, I'm fine. I if they hire whoever they hire. I've, I want to see McDaniels coaching staff before I make that's a decision. True. Yeah, if he brings in Matt Patricia, I'm so yeah, out. Yeah, then we're I don't done. think then he will though. Whole... His history slay. Yeah, I mean they can't. And the same thing with Adam. Please yeah, don't bring not, Adam Gase. Don't bring these. These are crazy. They, that, that's never going to happen. Then no. But if the, whoever they hire, McDaniels or Staley, that's fine. McDaniels, I think, is the more fun name because he just adds more to this Philly chaos. I mean, he would be literally pouring, like, gasoline on a small fire. And we're and- still <laughs> waiting on the quarterback who doesn't want to be here. I mean, <laughs> so look, we're, I'm it's surprised chaos. we haven't heard anything about that, really. He's waiting. They're going to wait on the head coach. Yeah, they're waiting on the head they're coach. They're going to hire Josh on, for, on like, and Thursday. S- Saturday, Carson's going to say, I'm out of here. <laughs> that's what's going to happen. Look, and- I, I think Deuce... You give Deuce three years to work with this roster, to bring some stability into the organization, to calm everybody down, right? To bring in an innovative offensive mind. Maybe it's Graham Harrell, who's a young guy. Maybe things work out way better than you're expecting. And he is really smart with offensive play calling and offensive scheming. And look, former player in the league. He's been in three different coaching staff. He's clearly a guy you want around the team. Maybe he catches on. He's like, hey, this guy knows what he's doing with the offense and he builds a good system. He becomes Mike Tomlin and the Eagles have stability for the next 15 years. I think that's a great outcome. Alternatively, you're giving a guy that has been in your organization for almost a decade a shot that he's deserved for a long time. And if it goes poorly, you literally told the fans two weeks ago that you fired your head coach because the head coach wanted to compete and you didn't think the roster was ready to compete. So if it goes poorly, it goes poorly. At least you gave the guy a shot. And if it goes poorly, it's not going to go down in dramatic fashion where everything is blowing up and the NovaCare complex is on fire and Howie Roseman and Josh McDaniels are you know, uh, bare, bare knuckle fist fighting in the parking lot. And, you know, Carson Wentz is screaming expletives at Josh McDaniels and the Eagles are 0-6. I mean, that's not going to happen with Deuce Daly. So well, if yeah, you already if think Deuce, that the team is in a the optics of mindset, Deuce, The optics of Deuce is that. That's the problem. The optics are a problem. He, it's you fired Doug Peterson because he wanted to promote from within and then you promoted from within. Yeah, and it, it is. Like, the optics why, are up. I, I think assistant head coach on the offensive side of the football and nothing the, passed over his offensive coordinator right. there, there's the, the, there's negatives and positives of both candidates and i still think they should have fired doug peterson but i don't think they thought the process was going to play yeah, out like th- there's definitely no candidate where there's mostly good right Every now candidate had issues there's never there's no such thing as a perfect candidate no 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 but this these candidates are left it's pretty yeah. 
But even like even like Robert Sala, even Robert Sala, you said, well, there could there's some negatives to Robert Sala. There's so many more positives. And Arthur Smith, there's a lot of positives, but there's negatives and coaching coaching is luck. I I think, yeah. And I mean it is right. It is you have to give the Eagles some credit. They have done good, they've done a good job identifying coaches. Even Chip Kelly went ten and six two years in a row. And even in the disaster year was seven and nine. I mean, he got fired for other reasons, not just coaching. Right. And, and he had other problems other than scheming, but he was a good mind. And it was a big get at the time. Andy Reid, obviously huge success. Doug Peterson won them a Super Bowl. So guys that we off the bat have been like, Hey, we don't think this is a good hey, hire. Was okay. I mean, yeah, that, that was a long time ago. I, I think at the end of the day, the optics are bad with Deuce. The reason I don't think Deuce is going to happen is because I think if they really thought it was a legit possibility, they would begin selling it in the media a lot more. And, and there was a there was some guy speculating on Twitter that they're leaking this McDaniel stuff because they know it'll get people upset. And so when they when they hire Deuce, it'll be like, thank God they did something stable and normal as opposed to something insane. I I think if they were going to Deuce a little bit, more? yeah, I, I would I would do things like start leaking the names that he was considering in the coaching staff, start really going hard after the coaching staff is really strong because if they do hire Deuce Staley, they're going to have to pair that with a statement that says, Hey, we're hiring Deuce Staley and he's bringing in Pep Hamilton from the chargers quarterback coach. We're going to have a great offensive staff. He's bringing in Gerard Mayo as his defensive coordinator. The staff is wonderful. We trust, right? That sort of stuff. I would also expect to see more about how blown away they were in the interview, how he's made strides, how they love Deuce Staley, that sort of stuff. We haven't seen any of it. We sort of seen stuff that says they like Deuce. He's a candidate, but he's not their first choice. And I think that's how they view him inside the organization. And if they are going to hire him, they need to be doing more PR work to make that a reality. And so because even the thing on NFL Network today was like they're talking about they're still working through this process. But the entire time the reporter is talking about Josh McDaniels, he's saying the things that the Eagles are saying and they're all positive. So even if so, you're leaking positive things about Josh McDaniels, but your second candidate is Deuce Daly. And the only people to talk about Deuce Staley so far are Howard Eskin and John Clark, who are local media guys. You're not, you're not. Yes, hyping. there's been no national buzz about Deuce Staley. If right. you're a casual fan, you only see what Schefter and Rappaport say. You're not, right. you're not knowing what John Clark says or knowing what Howard Eskin says. So you're thinking, oh, well, the national media is talking about Josh McDaniel so great. Like Deuce Staley, like they're not even talking about him. And so, yeah, they are doing, they, Todd Bowles even got a little more positive. Talk so, did. yeah, that's right. And I'll, I'll just throw out what, what, a couple of things, by the way, I, when, when just inside baseball, again, we were planning on doing this podcast last night and around the time we were planning on doing it, there felt like a ton of momentum that was going to bring Josh McDaniels. Well, people to were told McDaniels were going to be announced today. Yeah, we really thought we, we all thought McDaniels this morning was going to be announced. So we were going to wait until the hire was announced to do the podcast today. The Eagles announced, or there's reports of three more interviews McDaniels doesn't have the job. He's still the front runner. And we just see, this was the report I wanted to reference Adam Kaplan in the inside the birds, Facebook group. I'm really digging deep right now. I'm inside the birds, inside the birds. So, uh, the Adam, Ka- Adam Kaplan in the, in the Facebook group said that, uh, be patient, never rush a coaching search. Eagles are not yeah. competing against anyone. No, Texans it sounds have like not the enemy's really going to over. Texans. So I there's just... no rush to hire someone, nor should there be, we'll be talking about this and a lot more on tomorrow's show. So, Kaplan seems to think the Eagles are going to take their time. There is no downside to, to to interviewing a ton if of candidates, McDaniels versus taking Deuce, their time. Plus, if it's McDaniels versus Deuce, nobody else has interviewed them for better or worse. It's just like we could wait until Friday. That's right. So, and, and the only downside to that is that um, – It'll take. It'll be harder to build a strong staff because guys are getting scooped up, like a, a big name for defensive 
coordinator was Raheem Morris in Atlanta. Yeah, he, just got, he just got he just got up to LA. So it's gonna be harder to build a staff. Well, I, I, I just think, saw um, a Texans reporter said Bianami interviewed very well with the Texans. So I think Zoom? he's gonna up there. I guess so. I, I think oh. yeah. I think if Houston's smart, by the way, they hire Bianami to sort of calm Watson down a little bit. They get and, an agreement. Other than that, he's also, I mean, I we don't have to get into the enemy debate, but it's sort of insane that people are dismissing it. Like, I saw the most ridiculous stuff on Twitter.com during this during the uh, the Chiefs game. It was like, oh, Mike Kafka, passing game coordinator. He's the one coming up with all these cons. Do people think that Eric Bieniemy does nothing in, in, the, in the Chiefs organization? Or like, is Andy Reid not doing it? It's just Mike Kafka coming up with plays. Are you kidding me? Bieniemy is the offensive coordinator. Kafka handles the passing game. Sure, he draws up some of the concepts. But, I mean, there's clearly a lineage here of who has the most control of the organization. It goes Andy, who's ultimately making the plays and the calls, and then Bieniemy. So, we don't have to get into that, but uh, one other thing, shout out to Max for also the screenshot of his post with Deuce Daly and the Howard Reskin report on Deuce Daly showing up on the Inside the Birds Facebook page. Congratulations to Max. Really? Viral. Yeah, look at that. Look at that. So Eagles Intel, baby. Follow me. That's right. So, yeah, I mean, look, we'll see what happens. I think if you, wanna, if you want the optimistic uh, perspective on Staley, it's that the Eagles all the time for the last couple searches, and it sort of felt like this the way the, this way the whole time. If they didn't fall in love with somebody, Drew Staley was always there for them, and they'd be willing to do it. Yes, he's not going anywhere. It seems like they haven't fallen in love with anybody. It seems like they like McDaniel's, but they're not willing to make the leap of faith. And I'm asking you, if you have this much baggage with McDaniel's and you are not confident to make the leap of faith. Why are you doing it? Because you have to be a hundred percent confident in McDaniel. You can't I go think half. Everybody in that, I think that building is except the guy who has to write the final check. I what? so we don't know. We have to see. And if even if that's the case with Jeffrey, I mean, I just I feel like this is such a good opportunity to get a transition head coach. If you view him that way, with a ton of upside. I mean, it's clear the Eagles don't view him as a great candidate. So if we're taking what the Eagles think about Staley on face. He would be a transition head coach for a couple of years. The organization would reset. They would reduce the temperature. Harry Roseman could go back to doing his things and, and not getting so much heat from the front and from everybody, right? Everything would calm down. Everybody would be okay. It's Deuce Staley. We all love Deuce Staley. The Eagles would be hiring their first African-American head coach since Ray Rhodes. And Jeffrey Lurie in the press conference was like, oh my God, we hired Ray Rhodes like 20 years ago. So, I mean, it's not exactly like they've been the forefront of diversity in the NFL. So, I, I look, I... We'll see what happens. I think momentum certainly still points to Josh McDaniels. And yeah, that's it should. We'll see what happens. I I don't know. Any do you guys have final thoughts on this matter? I think you know no, I think I, right now it looks like Josh McDaniels is gonna be the head coach. Things can change in a hurry, but I'm yeah. excited they bring in for second interviews, hopefully soon. So yeah, I, I I'm surprised the Eagles have not been like, okay, we're bringing in we're bringing in uh Deuce. Deuce and McDaniels for second interviews. And then if they don't fall in love with either of them in the second interview, maybe what if that's on Thursday and they make a decision on Friday, right? At the end of the day, we could also be looking at the conspiracy theories here. Maybe they're waiting for the to interview in person after the chiefs on, you know, either way, whatever happens this weekend, there's a bye week next week between the super bowl with when, when coaches on super bowl teams typically interview in person as well. So maybe they're waiting for dabble. Maybe they, they re-engage Brian Dable after the bills lose on Sunday or whenever the game is. And if they lose, maybe they re-engage the enemy. Maybe they go after Todd Bowles more aggressively, who's playing in the NFC championship game. Maybe they engage Brian Leftwich, the bucks offensive coordinator that didn't get any looks for some reason. So um, you know, I don't know. I have no idea what the hell they're doing right now. I felt like if it was going to be McDaniels, you should have just 
you know, you should have just hired him already. I don't, I really expected it if it was going to be McDaniels to be today and it hasn't. So who knows what's going to happen? And I don't know. I, I feel very lost in this whole situation so, and, and so we're not getting you know, enough quality report. Right now, next time you'll hear from us is when the coach gets hired. Correct. So all three of us, unless it takes a few weeks, oh, Lord. <laughs> right now, all three of us say, who you think will be the head coach? All right, I'm going. Okay, to we'll Daniels. do. We'll do. Who we think will be the head coach, and we want to be the head coach. Who All we right. Think? Well, I, I think it's going to be McDaniel's, and I've been on the Brady train for forever, and I want it to be Brady, but I just don't think there's any shot of that happening. It's going to be so, Josh McDaniel's. Yeah. I also think it'll be Josh McDaniel's, but I want it to be Deuce Staley, Eric Bieniemy, Ryan Dabble. I wanted Matt it to Warner. be. I so anybody it, but McDaniel's, just say it out of this night either. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, anybody but McDaniel's. Yeah, honestly, anybody but McDaniel's, including Kellen Moore. Nathaniel Hackett? Nathaniel Hackett, the man I clowned last podcast. I don't know. Maybe. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, like, I don't know. Like, what are we doing here? Can we just – why are – it's just the, pro, the the Eagles always – the process is always so belabored, and it's just – why are you – why can't we just be normal and just do things normally? Why are we? Because it's Eagles. It, would be, it wouldn't be fun if it wasn't normal. Why are we firing our head coach a week? They played a meaningless week 17 football game. You could have fired him after they got blown up by the Cowboys and had a head start on their coaching staff. And maybe Robert Sala would be here and everybody would be happy because he seems like a great hire. Like, what are we doing here? South this help. Is, South this help. Is so insane. Sal Capaccio just said that uh, Nick Serini's interview was about six hours today. I mean, that's what they do with there. We we heard that Brady the time- wants seven hours. If they, by the way, if they want to hire McDaniel's, just hire. Like, well, I don't even. Oh, I I this is. I don't so understand. Long. I don't understand the waiting process as well. I don't understand why we're waiting this long. If it's going to be Josh, that makes it. It just it's weird, and they're so weird. This is such a weird organization. Thankfully, it'll it'll be hopefully. Praise God. Hopefully, over hope. soon. Hopefully over soon. And you know, you never let's end know. it there, Jay. Let's end it there. I want to say two things. Really quick things right, before we later. end. I wanted to say I did call my shot with Kellen Moore. wanted to pat myself on the back on that. I waited. Congratulations. Thank you very much. Number two, my second dark horse candidate for head coach, Harry Roseman. Shut up. Um, <laughs> that's all of us from Behind the Birds. And hopefully next time we have a podcast, there's a head coach. Hopefully. 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 I'm say it a few times. Hopefully. Hopefully. Hopefully, praise. Hey, enjoy. Leave five stars, and we'll see you next time. Deuce.